I've been slowly doing my self tapes more and more in my agent's office, and it's been so nice. Where's your agent's like, office? Uh, well, that's the thing that sucks, but it's close to the theater. It's on Madison and like twenty. No, but are you what agency? Uh, Gersh. You know what? This is the this is a new record. This is the earliest in the podcast. Russell has had to mention that he is with <laughs> Gersh. Congratulations. Wait, we're not recording okay. it, are we? No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we no, are no, absolutely. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay. Welcome to the downside. <laughs> My name is uh, Joe Marcus Crazy. Okay. I'm here with my co-host, who, if you haven't heard the news, <laughs> then you haven't spoken Fuck to him you. in person. Fuck you. Russell Daniels. How you doing, Russell? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, and, and we are here with our fantastic guest. So happy to have you. I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 no, I want to make sure I get your last name right. Ryan Haddad? Haddad. Haddad. Because I apologize. Be, no. I, I'm grateful that you asked. Um, the Haddad family has been in Cleveland, Ohio for a hundred years going from, from Lebanon and Syria. So that is why, um, it's Haddad and not anything that sounds remotely like it would be pronounced in Lebanon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not even going to attempt what those might be. Cause yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I would just want to bring up real quick when, when you came in here, you asked, uh, Russell, uh, if he was gay. I Russell, get, well, it's not. It's, listen, it's, only you're, because, you're not at fault. Only because I wanted to know, that, like, if I was going to, sp- we're speaking freely for 90 minutes, like, if I qualified you both as straight white men, if that would be unfair. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. You can talk down to us the whole. Yes. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to say that. <laughs> but, he, well, now you said, unfortunately, is mm-hmm. that your typical response? I'm just curious. Uh, no, I think maybe because of no, Titanic. Sorry, you, you said, are you gay? Russell said, I'm, I mean, are you straight? You said, I, I'm a little apologetic because I'm in Titanic, I think. It's not because I'm gay. So if a straight guest had asked you that, you wouldn't have had a different answer? Uh, Did you say, are you gay or are you straight? I said, I think I said, are you straight? Yeah, I, wanted to I, said, I said, yes, unfortunately. And I think it's because we were talking about Titanic. So I feel sure. a little bit of guilt around that. Uh, no, sure. I'm, 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 I'm I want to just it. say... <laughs> That I'm, I have not seen Titanic yet, and I did, people have been telling me since last summer that I needed to get my ass over there. Um, I feel like it's in a more accessible space now than it was. It is, yes. So I'm excited to be going to that. And uh, but I, I'm certain that the gay fans of Titanic are fans of you. They are. No, everyone's you, been lovely and yes. the cast loves me. It's 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 a it's a great thing. I think I think I just I, I it's a slight thing in the back of my head. It just reminded me I probably have said this once before when I was when I was uh uh catering here in New York. I just said a couple times. Uh but I pretend that I did it for a decade. Yeah. I I <laughs> I, I I catered with someone, some guy. We went out to pizza after this catering gig. And he stole a bottle of champagne, as oh. we should have. And he, sure. I remember, he, he, he certainly didn't come off. I, I wasn't sure if he was straight or gay. I probably assumed he was straight at the time. And uh, at the end of the meal, he was like, you're really cute. Would you like to go to a museum sometime? And I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm f- so flattered. I'm straight. I wish I was gay. And he was like, you wish you were gay? And I was like, oh, uh, I just, just... Right. Just to avoid the uncomfortableness of this moment. That's what I meant. I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah, yeah. but it was like clear to him that like it was it, something about it offended him. This was a long time ago. It was two thousand eleven. We all had like two thousand twelve. Yeah. But yeah, I remember yeah, did, 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 yeah. I tried to like, you know, do a thing where I was like, Oh I yeah. wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah. 
I, when I should have been like, even if I was, I don't think I'd go on a date with you. <laughs> that, that yeah, that's been, what you that should have said. Been the truth. I wonder, yeah. it, because the undertone of I wish I was gay yeah. might have had the opposite meaning, could have had the opposite meaning of like, oh, you're really wonderful and charming. And <laughs> that's I what I was yeah. trying. I like to imagine him in his mind, he stole a bottle of champagne for the two of you to share and you had no idea until that moment. We were at a dollar pizza place. Yeah. This is a cheap ass <laughs> date. <laughs> But that could have been the truth. That'd probably be more truthful. I'd be like, ah, I, I could be on the fence, but you're not pushing it over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I met you, I think, in 2016, and I've been wishing you were gay ever since. So when did you guys, what did you guys meet doing? We did like an open mic-ish thing, but there was no microphone. Like a no, theater, like a theater open it mic. It was a theater Oy, open mic. It was, <laughs> that's how I felt. But, but John Marco is the best thing to come out of that for me. Um, uh, and I, it has been not to like toot your horn, but a joy to watch your career sort of skyrocket in that time. Uh, well, thank you. I, that's very, that's very kind. Unless Just, it had already skyrocketed. No, I was oblivious. No, that, you saw me like right as I was like, uh, making the transition from like, actor to one person to just stand up so you were like right there when i was and you were very kind and complimentative and it was at, at a time where i think i you know the people early on who were like you're good at this you know I, it was a very nice time because that's yeah. when i really made a, a big decision mm -hmm. to to turn away all, down all the movie roles and yeah tv roles yeah. and cbs blue bloods reporter number two which i'd go back to in a second i'd go i'd leave this podcast <laughs> to go do it right now yeah uh Real quick, those residuals pay. They do. They come in frequently. I just got to oh, check for my... It's a terrible way to live. Like, like every time I'm spending too much money, I get a random email from my manager like, hey, 250 bucks for Hustlers playing on Delta t TV. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is my new... This is my financial system. I just hope an email <laughs> comes in. Yeah. Absolving yeah. me from That's everything. right. That's um, right. Uh, 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 let me just say real quick, because we, we surely have some new listeners. Uh, uh, I hope. This is the downside uh, this is a place where uh, me and Russell, we, we have we have people on to to let their negative flag fly, to uh, to express, to complain, to kvetch, to moan, to bitch. They don't have to be thankful. Sometimes people comment on these episodes. They're like, oh, Jamargo, he's complaining about like a, a salad. He should be grateful. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. that's not. To be but that's not salad? what the show is. No, no, it was. I they didn't have bread. It's a gimmick. It's just stick. You gotta have a gimmick, as they say in Gypsy. Yes. Do you know this Gypsy? I, I've seen it. I saw it a long time ago. I think I, I saw it with what's her name. She's big. Oh um, no, there were two in a row that were big. No, the, the, the Patty Lupone. Patty Lupone. Patty Lupone. Okay, who was before? Let's see. Who 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 played, who played it on it? Broadway before Patty? <sighs> she wasn't. Wait, I no, don't I, think she was right for it. If that's a good hint. Oh. <laughs> I think I know. Oh. I think uh, she's excellent, but. Um, into the uh, into the woods. Yes. Uh, Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters. Yes. Very, good, very, very good. good. Very good. This man is currently in a musical off. I'm, I, I'm Who is the original? Oh, Stop. Come that's on. Too much. No, that that's number one for Russell. Who is the original? Well, give me a, give me like the a original. Hint. She is she is the before Patty Lupone was Patty Lupone. She was the brass leading lady. Like what? Yeah, the like, golden ah, age. The golden nah. age. Oh, Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. There, we there go. you go. There we go. All and right, see. we have lost all the listeners. Um, <laughs> this is the downside. We're not a theater podcast, I promise. Uh, Today uh, you are. Just so you guys know, real quick business. I've been working with a new YouTube agency, so they have ideas of things I need to be doing. But okay. one thing is, look at the camera. Up. Hey, you at home. 
please join the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside for just $5 a month. You get bonus episodes like our live episode with Joshua Henry. Yeah. Broadway's Joshua Henry. Oh uh, my God. Exactly. Am I exactly. invited? Oh, we no, already, it already, we already happened. Recorded. It already I'm happened. Devastated. But for oh, just $5 God. a month, you can watch it. Yeah. And uh, 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 Jesus Christ, I'm just about to release. I recorded a clean album for Sirius XM. It's not going to release it to the public because I need to maintain my sexy Jewish bad boy image. So if you want to listen to this clean album or watch it, uh, it's going to be for free on the Patreon. Not free. You have to join the Patreon, $5 a month. Patreon.com slash downside. Thanks for your enthusiasm, Russell. Uh, I didn't know what if I should look and make a plea or if I should look at your camera. I didn't know. Uh, uh, Russell gets half the Patreon. So, you know, let's let's see some enthusiasm. <laughs> Uh, uh, can you uh, say something negative to kick off this theme music? Something. What's is- for those who aren't watching, just listening? Uh, John Marco read that off of a yellow legal pad. This is the downside. You're listening to the downside. The downside with John Marco Cerezi. Oh God, I, uh, I I wanted to share a story before we go into your your. Your life and your shirt. I'm, I love it. Um, I wore this for... That's why... This is why I asked if you were straight. I remember now. Because I wanted to wear this, like, rainbowy shirt, but in a straight pattern. I wanted to uh, wear the rugby shirt for the two straight boys. Yeah. This is an, it's a uh, very John Marco shirt. It looks purposeful. like you would wear it. I, lo- I, I really... We obsessed. walked in and I was like, I think... John Marco has that shirt. I'm truly obsessed. No, I have a, I have a worse version, the thinner stripes. I don't like thin stripes. Mm. I, I, it looks too wall to me. Let's feels... buy it. Let's get another one, and then you, you and I, and we'll be matching. I can't I wear we stripes. we should make a movie. Okay, but tell the sure. Um, well, I'm thinking, you know, I got, I let me think. Do, do we want to do this? the most embarrassing one? I guess I'm going to push through. I'm going to do this. <sighs> I got a new laptop, and, uh, uh, you know, I've been waiting for a while to get this. I, I, I went to the Apple store. And got a, just didn't make an appointment, just went up. And I wanted to see what my old computer was. I wanted to make sure like there's been enough models that it's worth it to buy this new laptop. Uh-huh. And they go, oh, we can't, uh, even if with the credit card, even with your email, we Apple makes it impossible to find out what I bought at the store in the past, which is frustrating. Yeah. So I go, okay, okay, I'll get out my laptop. So you didn't have it with you? Uh No, no, I did. I had the old one with me. So yeah. I said, great, I'll open it. We'll look at the model number there. Now, do you know where the story is going? No, I'm nervous, though. No. But I know exactly where you would find it if you were looking for it. I pull out my laptop. It's in my backpack. Oh, my God. Did you have porn? I had porn. Oh. As the I most recent thing? It, I, I wasn't in a place where I thought this laptop was coming out. I did it real fast. Boom. Close it right away. But they know. They well, know. So then what he said, what he said to me, he said, I said, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. And I, you know, I did the thing where then I like open it like this. Like I like put yeah, my hand. Was in it here. volume? Yeah. Was volume on? No, it wasn't playing. I wasn't like I pause. <laughs> I pause after I come. And, and I know. So, I was imagining you just as an animal, just like like fully opening it, just mid slamming it as soon as you come. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I open it, and some drops fall off. So I. <laughs> I immediately, you know, I, I feel like the courtesy is you just pretend, we all pretend we didn't see it. But I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just sorry, one second. And he said, hey, man, what are you sorry for, human nature? Oh, okay, wow. Be- no, he said, what are you sorry for, being human? That's beautiful. And, wow. and it made me go, 
How many times oh, has this daily, happened to hourly. every Apple employee in the entire world? Because it must be. Two, three times a week. There's probably. no way it's just me. No. There's no way it's just me. No. And I'm numb to this story. You're like, this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. And I'm going, what? Because, I, first of all, I haven't watched porn on a laptop in probably uh, eight years. You're a phone? I, phone. Phone. Oh. But because... I never... Okay, because, we'll go into this. But because I'm a phone person, the it happens to me like three times a week. And... Sure. Hopefully it's like a friend and we can be like, haha. But like it's phone. And like if you don't deliberately close every window of every Yeah. (laughs) Russell is (laughs) Russell like dying to go to his phone right now. No, I no just so you guys know at home, whenever Russell is checking his phone, he is just looking at some porn in the middle of the No, I'm 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 a computer porn person, um, not a phone porn person. For this reason, are you doing it? Do you do do you not do you do it on the computer? I like the bigger I have a screen. Discretion. I like the bigger screen. I don't like you um, go full screen. Uh, well, not all the time. No, but, that's but, weird. But uh, no, that's we- that is weird. I like to. It, that feels out of control. I, I like. <laughs> I, I like. Um, I don't know. I just like the the laptop. But I do what you're saying. I am. I am so conscious of because I, I take my laptop everywhere and I'm like doing the shows yes. and stuff. And so I'm. Always, even if I know that I've used the laptop, I'm always slowly opening it like this because <laughs> you just you never so know. Suspicious. Every time you get in your laptop, it, you're it's, like, it's a terrifying feeling. <laughs> it could happen. Everyone knows why you're doing that. <laughs> Everyone knows. Here's why uh, I like computer. And this is like, this, I'm sure this is something horrible about me, but I, I will go on, you know, my website and I will, I will open like five tabs. Uh-huh. Like five things I'm interested in in oh. seeing, and then and then and you like is, to have all of them like lined up. Well, this like, is the problem. This is why I always have ball, fucking Which one am I going to choose? I, so it's just like five, and I'm just like in my mind, it's as if I'm going to masturbate for like thirty minutes, and and of course, I just then I go, okay, I'll start with this one, and wait, two you minutes line later, them up before. They're, they're just new tab, new tab, new tab. Oh, okay, okay. So site, new tab, new tab, new tab, and then I go to one tab as if I'm going to like. As if I'm going to do a sampling. But then the first time I go, yeah, this will do. I never get to the other tabs. I never get to the other tabs. It's very infrequent. I'm still pretty. Once in a while, I'm like, ah, not this one. Yeah. But yeah, but I but, do that same thing, but not with tabs. I basically will start one and be like, mm, not these I, people. Exactly. And then I'll and switch. skip. Yeah. And then I go to another. But then, then you got to watch the ad every time when I do the tab system. I can start the ads. <laughs> I can start the ads as I'm opening up the other ones. Get right oh past that. Oh, my God. Okay. You're okay. in a time crunch. Okay. There was a time when I first got into porn when I was like a teenager uh-huh. where I would, <laughs> I would open up like, I would have four playing at once in different screens. <laughs> And then I said, this this sex, this is an unsustainable no, sexual appetite. I'd be like making love to someone and be like, only one person here. I need someone over there, there, someone yeah. there, someone there. Too many worlds going on. Wow. What's do you ever do you ever go like, I'm gonna take a break from porn, like a long break? Oh oh God. Oh my. Um This is a comedy podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we can get we can get into yeah, yeah yeah I didn't know which direction he was going Real I things. was raised I was raised uh, Syrian Orthodox Orthodox Christian uh, um, uh. and I 
have a relationship with God at this point in my life where like I do pray when bad things are happening. But when good things are happening, <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. But if something really bad, so if somebody who is very close to me is like very sick, mm. I'll pray a lot and do all of that. And sometimes in my head, I'll go, my goodness, I think the only, <sighs> this is dark, but funny. I think, I, I don't think I've ever shared this anywhere before. And I don't want to say like for who, because then they'll then they'll be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. But like, if somebody is like really sick, sometimes I'll go in my family or whatever. I'll think, well, the only way to save this person <laughs> is if I stop masturbating, <sighs> and that is like some deep religious guilt that, like, you know. My dad caught me watching porn when I was a teenager, and now we can laugh about it, and it's a scene in one of my plays. But, like, I was not raised to that level. Like, we didn't go to church every Sunday. Like, I don't know why that thought still enters my head Yeah. in my early 30s. But I think, so, uh, a couple of years ago at this point, we're in 2023, so a couple, like, two years ago, I did that, and I was like, I'm not going to masturbate until I know Until that, they're better. Until I know that this person is better or... Or dead. Basically, and... That's um, going to be some mixed news. And they go, we're so sorry. He didn't make it. I'll be right back. Oh, my God. You're going to have liquids no, coming out of no, both ends of your body. I've got to say, I've got to say, it worked. This time it worked. But, 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 okay, it worked in that that person is still very much alive and healthy, and uh, I'm I'm grateful for that. But it's it, almost it, worse it did, that it worked. But it did get to a point. No, no, no. It did get to a point that, like, by the end of the two months, the it wasn't like the person was like check mark. I, it's better now. I did sort of give in. And like I sort of, I sort of. Was you said like, he's either far enough along. I sort of like they, yeah, they have. Like, <laughs> I've done all I could do. I, like, <laughs> I basically had to reconcile that like it wasn't gonna save this. Like it, so I was just like, I'm gonna. I did it for two months, and now it's up to the doctors. <laughs> two, like, two months is a I, long. You went to the doctors, like time. doc, just so you know, on my end, <laughs> on my end, I I've, I've put for in two the work. Months. It's time for you to do your jobs. It's, two months is a long Be time. Be honest with me. And I really want you to answer this question deep okay. in your soul. Yeah. If if you found out that I would die if you masturbated, and I didn't know this, so no one, no one would hold you accountable, mm -hmm. but God came to you and said, Russell, if you jerk off the moment you do, mm -hmm. Jamarco will die. Mm -hmm. How long would you not jerk off for? I could do it for, I think, I, okay, if I knew it, if I knew it and I believed it and God was telling me this and I was like suddenly like real, I believed in God. Like and it was I, real. Like it, it was, was real. real. Yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of premises have to be true. You get story. one year. I think I could do a year, but I think then would like. Would you take me out for like a nice day before? Well, <laughs> I would. Here's would the you thing. have me surrounded by loved ones, and then you'd be like, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom is real there, quick." Is there? Can I, I can't tell anyone else. You can't. You, you can, can I tell, tell Nicole? 
You could tell Nicole. Is Nicole your partner? Yeah. Oh, so you're saying you're saying you're gonna go to Nicole and be like, look. <laughs> well, I'm just saying <laughs> the that hand would, jobs are going up. <laughs> it would be a lot worse if I if I can't. I mean, I could I could hold out longer. Is I'm you saying tell her, you'd be like, Nicole, I mean. I really, I'm, I'm saying I can hold out longer for you. I could give you more time, John Marco. <laughs> you could. I think it's very different. Like, I'm What's Nicole's very- answer going to be? Two months. <laughs> Two months of this shit. I cannot be giving this being really good. Jobs. I can see her really good for a week, and then she's like, all right, it's fine. He had a good run. You know? <laughs> one, last, one last rooftop party for uh, <laughs> I think it's very different if you... I mean, okay, I, I'm a perpetually single person. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of that two months, I was, like, alone, and it was still... Like the vaccines were just rolling out and things like that, so I, it was a, it was a bigger, it felt like a bigger sacrifice. He's the uh, only no, person. It's a huge sacrifice. The only person, the only person that could help me was me. Yeah. Whereas if I now I know you both have, I know you have a girlfriend and you have a girl. So like, a wife, wife, yeah, wife. So don't you think like you could give him? Hmm, it really would depend on her participation how long it wouldn't. Because I think. No, that's why. I, I if said, there was any amount of sexual. If there was an opportunity for any sexual release that wasn't only related to you. Yeah. Then it could go on for. That's why if I could decades. tell her, you know. Of course. I listen. I, I have kind of, uh, you know, I have my own religious beliefs. And whenever I have someone who's sick, I think the more I masturbate, the quicker they'll recover. So when my dad wow. had heart surgery, it wow. was a tr- it was just raw it was a mess <laughs> okay every every second i could i said god please yeah but two months is oh that's a long time and like i mean mm-hmm. now is there any part of you that goes like this is a weird way for god to work well it's also like since when am i religious like i haven't walked in i haven't walked into a church without there being like a wedding or a funeral of my own accord mm. for so long that I'm like, why suddenly? I do think like I have an. Indi- I feel like I have an individual relationship with God, and somehow, but like no one was telling me this. I don't even know if God was telling me this. It was some part in the back of my brain that was like, I need to do all that I can, and all that I can is to not masturbate. I like the version of God where you get to tell him that, and he's like. I don't care about this at all. I didn't say that. Like, I didn't say that in any of the religions. I didn't say that. Like, calm down. It's all good. You're okay. Um, So that's what's so bizarre. It's like I don't know. It wasn't like I had some divine like message. It was just like my own, the back of my own brain. Yeah. Which, for many people, you you wonder if their own relationship to religion is the back of their own brain mm. but i see what's interesting. i'll leave that there sex and, and not go further sex and orgasm just i feel like it must have been tied to religion from the beginning just because it felt good so it's like this must be divine mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. must have to deal with god mm. before we could be like oh it's a rush of chemicals to the brain it must it's it's a magical thing yeah like when you first discover it you're like this is magic yeah and i yes. imagine that's how it became tied with like that's because it's god Oh, Oh. Um, so one more thing on this topic, which is why I brought it up now 72 minutes ago, um, (laughs) was that toward the end of my like, it's it's almost over. I, I have to I have to release at some point. I have to. I would like. Tease myself or like 
just dip my toes back in by turning porn on and like observing and like doing a little bit of like touching but wasn't full masturbation and not obviously completing. And you still stopped. I stopped. Because I've done that I, before where I'm taking a break and then I turn it on and within two yeah, seconds I'm I like, can't. literally in my head I go, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Let him die. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. But then I just was like, it, I'm. this is too much. And frankly, like, <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the next time that I'll be called to do that again by no one but myself. But it was... It was an experience. And to do that in the middle of a pandemic is a while. Oh, my God. You didn't yeah. say wow. it was the pandemic. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, you've been the vaccine before. It was, it was like the vac, like, you know, celebrities and politicians were getting the vaccine at that stage where, like, we couldn't get it or we were fighting to get appointments and stuff. Yeah. But, like, it hadn't happened. Like, I had not yet been vaccinated. Did you get early access to the vaccine? A little bit. Uh, a little bit in the sense of like, they said there were all of these things and one of them was developmental disabilities, which technically someone on somewhere told me that cerebral palsy counted uh-huh. <laughs> because it starts at, it starts around birth and is part of your development. Now, I don't think of now as developmental because i'm 31 but or was 29 when that was happening but i was just like oh i can use it oh i'm going like of course yeah I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going and um and no one questions you when you're standing there with no. a walker and it's like hmm okay so they just in the beginning they did like in um before like civilians were That's getting, why you brought a walker to your vaccine appointment. Oh, no, right. no, they opened the door early. for fats. They no, were like, but I remember both of you in line, they're like, we gotta bring get him, him in right bring away. Bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. <laughs> I do remember the like going to the urgent care where I got all of my COVID all of my like irrational amount of, of preemptive COVID tests that nobody was telling me to get because I was so scared. Uh, I just kept going to the same urgent care. So then I find out that this place like before regular civilians are getting vaccine access was creating a wait list because at the end of the days it was, you know, they would have these extras that were going unused. So they had a wait list. So I remember (laughs) going up and being like, you know, I'm technically a high risk person and like not giving any context and just assuming that the walk would cover it. And this woman behind the desk was like, she just lowered her glasses like, and she just like begrudgingly scribbled my name down. And my brothers were laughing at me on the phone. They were like, they're like, Ryan, you look like a twelve year old. You coming in as like this twelve year old being like, I'm I'm high risk. Which I mean, there people with disabilities are. Absolutely they are. I didn't per like I probably personally was not to the degree that I was uh communicating. I was just so scared yeah. of yeah. COVID yeah. that I was like and I'll do anything and say anything to get access to this vaccine. And um, and that ended up, that was not the place. They, like, I, they, every time I called, they were like, we don't have them. We don't have them. Yeah. So then yeah. I ended up going to, like, the Javits Center or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you were born Cleveland? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. 
And I was I was listening to to an interview with you a little bit about your uh, your family. Your family sounds lovely. They're lovely. They're I mean they're 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 loud and wildly inappropriate uh, people. But I uh, so am I. So sure. that's where I come from, and I am. I'm making sound. I don't know why I'm. I think I'm just because I'm holding this mug. You, go ahead, take a sip. I, uh, they, you said, uh, uh, what was it? Syrian, Lebanese Syrian, Lebanese yeah. Syrian. Did they? Did they? Were they immigrants? No, my great grandparents. Okay, but on both sides. Because you must get Jewish all the time. I do. Yeah, um, which I was. Uh, I feel like we could be in a, a similar family tree. Yeah, I we could. Yeah, thank not just so the shirts. Just I, I. I'm just saying, if anybody wants to cast us, we could both be. And I know that you've said this publicly. We could both be Jeff Goldblum's sons. Yes. So I'm just saying that. Ooh, I like this angle to the universe. And I'm the gay one, or we do the opposite. And sure, really, really, no, real acting challenge. <laughs> People would have a problem with that, um, but I don't I, know. We're really on the fence. We don't know how to feel about it. I think about the gay thing. About like me playing a gay. I feel like if you played straight next to me playing gay, I think they'd be like in a weird way. They'd be like, it cancels okay. each other out, right? Yeah, right. And then it would be like, is he failing? Is he succeeding? I can tell you that I would fail. I, I think, think no. I can. I I can play. I have played like sexually neutral people, but if you want me to like or. Like, so I'm the politician. My whole entire arc is that I have a crush on a girl. And that is fine um, if you allow me to be, like, quirky and zany and a little weird. But if you want me to be, like, this ultra-macho dude who's, like, come fuck well, me. me. too. Come me yeah, too. I mean, I think it's all of us here. It's not like all of us. I could see you. I could see you. Hey. Come, come fuck me. <laughs> I, uh... I, I think I worry it would just be one of those things I worry it like I'd try to overcorrect so like if, I think if I had like a romantic scene with another man yeah. they'd probably be like okay slow okay, down I'd be, I'd be, they'd be like I'd be too yeah. I'd be like all over them to prove like I got mm -hmm. no problem with this mm -hmm. I got no problem with this I think to make up for all the years that all these gay actors could only play straight because that's the only roles there were really yeah. that, that uh, straight people should be allowed to play gay characters but that's it for like a hundred years, straight people cannot play straight anymore. Gay people, oh, that's only gay, gay people can do both. Straight people can only play. Gay. I'd have many roles if that happened. Uh, look, look, I when when we when I when I do think I'm just saying this to the industry that we should both play Jeff Goldblum's son. Yes, I've been saying it for decades. I know you have, but I think we should do it together. It would be so fabulous. Mm. Um, and we could have sibling rivalry. It would be oh, I'm ready to pitch it, but. The reason I thought about switching it, I uh, what flashed in my mind is is the birdcage. Somebody saying, you know, and of course, Robin Williams is a straight man and played the straight man to Nathan Lane, who was the more flamboyant one. But if in 1995 or six or whenever that was, Nathan Lane couldn't wasn't uh, publicly out, yeah, and couldn't be. I didn't know he wasn't oh, was publicly he out. Oh, I didn't know that either. No, and there's this fascinating, fascinating. When Robin Williams died, there was this fascinating. Um, people, you know, the internet finds so many things, but there was this moment of um, of press that they did on Oprah. They they were obviously like Robin Williams, the big star, coming out to promote the movie, and then who comes out to join him on the couch? But 
uh, Nathan Lane. And Nathan, uh, Oprah spent almost that whole interview kindly, but like cheekily in a little bit of a, I love Oprah so much. So I'm just saying, I'm saying what I observed from watching this, but she's basically was asking all kinds of pointed questions to sort of get him to come out on her show. Mm. How pointed are we talking about? Like I don't remember because I haven't watched it for several years. How like how big you like your cocks to be, Nathan? Oh, not that, not that. Not that it was four yeah, p- I, it was I would 4 be shocked p- if it, it was four p.m. in syndication. It was yeah. four p.m. in syndication, but you know, it was it was before Oprah went and played Ellen's therapist on the Ellen coming out episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was a. And thing. and so it sort of was. It was fascinating to watch Robin Williams take in what was happening, and then immediately deflect. He deflected so many times over the course of this interview to protect his friend at the time at a time when it wasn't, you really? know, safe or advantageous for a, a gay actor to be out. And mm-hmm. also, it's a huge blockbuster. Probably one of Nathan Lane's first huge film, you know. It's got to be surreal to be celebrated to play a gay character and not be able yeah. to say you're gay yeah. in public. That's got to yeah. be And crazy. then have the most prominent talk show host yeah. ever in the world be like trying to fish it out of you yeah. on daytime. It's uh, I watched it during the pandemic. It's so good. It's so funny. Oprah I Cage. love it's that so, film. Like, and the the two of them are oh so God. good in it. Like Robin Williams and Nathan. Yeah, Lane. yeah, yeah. It's like it's just like so well written. I, Nathan Hacken, Lane's and what's her name? What's her name? She's always great too. Uh, Diane Weist is it's like a great cast. It's a. Just, I saw Nathan Lane. I was watching Murders in the Building, which I am not. I, oh. I, it's fine. I'm a fan. I there's there's one actor in it that I I just I feel like we it's all know too who weak. it is. It's too weak. <laughs> Can't say it. I have a big yeah, fan yeah, base, yeah. but uh, you do uh, have a big fan base. No, no, not me. This person who, yeah, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just think is a weak point in the whole show. Yeah. But Nathan Lane had like a scene in it where he has a deaf son, yes. and like it was so fucking good. Yeah, and it was like he just brought it to the yeah. show that you don't have to bring it to. Yeah, he yeah. brought it, but also I want to say that the deaf son, played by uh, James Calvary, Calvary, um, who is a friend of mine, is brilliant. And brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And like, you know, should have also been nominated for a guest actor Emmy alongside Nathan Lane. Sure. For that same episode that Nathan Lane won for. Yeah. The, the, he's doing brilliant, brilliant work. And that season one episode is told entirely from his point of view as a deaf person. Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy. Anytime I, I obsessed with Nathan Lane. I wanted him to be in. One of my plays, I want to work with him desperately, but I also am like, you know, James, who goes by Joey uh, in friendly circles, uh, also I think really should have gotten an Emmy nomination for that episode. That, again, he wasn't even nominated, and Nathan Lane won the Emmy for the I episode. See. About, and it was purely about the scenes that they were in together. Now, yeah. he didn't say that to me. I'm saying that to you. In my disabled, sure. yeah. sort of, my disabled sort of activist lens, it's like, well, I understand. Oh, oh, I understand the name recognition. I understand wanting to give 
give somebody who's had a long and illustrious career. But I also understand that when the story is actually about the deaf son, that they should be centered in yeah the the PR machine that gets people Emmy yeah. awards. Well, well, it's also like those those Emmy guest star things are so weird because they're so different than any other category category where it just it means celebrity like they they they, exactly. they they should it means celebrity and 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 there's 100%. no other thing where there it, it means that like because you could have a, a relatively unknown that's a series regular on a show and get nominated for like their first kind of thing but for those guest stars they mean here's celebrity. the celebrity that popped up in a show sure. and we're going to give them a thing you know but yeah. it just means it, then they need to rename it because guest star is not accurate to what they give it for of course you know what I mean, how how speaking of disability in the industry? Yeah, I mean, talk about uh, you know the the history of acting is fascinating in terms of uh, uh, oh god, well wh- yeah, go on. I, I just think all the time, and we've talked about it here before, but but you know Daniel Day Lewis doing My Left Foot was it's it's wild to think of. There's been some good changes, I think, you know, for the most part. I mean, uh, how do you feel about the state of the industry? We're still not there. We're yeah. still not, we're still not at the blanket place of this role is written to be disabled and therefore uh, it's going to be played by a disabled actor. Uh, we're getting closer, and the louder that people are when you know, uh, Brian Cranston, who played opposite a, a disabled actor as his son, for many seasons on Breaking Bad then goes and plays a quadriplegic in a blockbuster that nobody saw with Nicole Kidman. Like I people would say that like you need Brian Cranston to make that film, but nobody saw that film anyway. Right? Yeah, sure. So it's like yeah. why you know But what but 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 that wasn't like some awards bait film. It Most, could have been though. I'm sure they wanted it to be. It, it, I, I actually I, don't I, even know what movie this th- is. This was a it's Bill Burr the, talked about it. I think it's called The Upside. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, the opposite. The downside. Yes. I, or maybe they changed the title. I, is I, there any validity to the argument of we need a megastar? I don't think so. Uh huh. I don't think so. So we were talking about we when we first brought up the gay thing, of of can straight actors play gay roles. Um, I, I'm not, I'm as a gay man, uh, not ready to like make that hard firm. Also because I think sexuality is really, is a fluid thing. Sure. Can change over time. And I, not that like it can change in the sense of like, I'm going to suddenly become straight. But I do think like people are attracted to who they're attracted to and like are constantly developing as human, you know, as humans and, I also think that what we've seen with, uh, oh my gosh, what is that charming show? The uh, I don't know the actor's name, and I can't even remember the name of the show. What's but the show about? It was the two young Heartstoppers. Heartstoppers. The it's uh, these young. It's a British uh, show about young gay gay boys uh, coming, sort of a coming of age story. And it's extremely charming, a beautiful show. And one of the main actors was getting a lot of heat on 
Twitter, I think, because who else? Where else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About, <laughs> about, you know, that they gave the opportunity to a, uh, quote, straight actor. And he's just turned 18 or whatever. Upon the release of the show, let alone when it was filmed, like 18 years old, I was 18 years old. I was a, still a junior in hi, in high school and, like, had no idea. I knew I was gay, but I had no idea. Like, I was in Parma, Ohio, just sitting and being silly and, and having dreams. I can't imagine being 18, being thrust into the spotlight, and then having this barrage of hate. And so then he comes out. He had to come out on Twitter as bi. And sure. he was like, you've now made an 18-year-old come out publicly i'm 18 like it's it's not it's not like he is an a-lister who did it to pick up a trophy he was an 18 year old kid who just wasn't ready so that's what's so complicated to me about gay versus straight but also if you're gay i think the i think one of the bigger differences is also just that a gay person can play a straight person straight person can play a gay person but like like at the idea with the whale, which was a big discussion. It's like you can you can put on a fat suit, but you can't have an overweight actor put on a skinny suit for this other role. So there is not at least with gay and straight, you can play both, yes. but with these other things, you can't you really, literally there's no other opportunity. Right, right, right. And there should be, but there but not I don't I I, I have not seen the whale. I am a, a theater boy at heart and I love Samuel G. Hunter as a playwright. But I have only read The Whale in the far past, and I did not see the film. Um, and so I, I'm not going to comment on that. We are speaking to you from the day after the Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you saw the play of The Whale, though. I didn't see it. You didn't even see the play. I okay. read it in 2015. And I also think reading it on the page and the words that he's written, he's a beautiful playwright. I am in my head creating the imagery for myself when I'm reading a play on the page. So, um, you know, and whether like the story in my mind is offensive or not, I don't know. Like it's in my mind, right? When you're sure. reading something, but I, I, I've only read it. So I don't, I, and, and that was in 2015 when I read it, I read it on the plane on my way to moving to New York because my first day job was at a play publishing company and they said here are scripts that you have to read i miss reading plays i used to read it all the time um what i need to say regarding disability and i think also very much uh regarding trans performers is that we just we do need to get to the point where it is not acceptable which is just simply not acceptable that a non-disabled actor would play a disabled role um and we also need to get to the point where, uh, you know, disabled actors have the opportunity to be seen and considered for, and then going even further as to book, which is even more rare, roles not originally written to be disabled. Um, mm. Of course. But can, can I ask, though, to, on your point, though, do you think of your personal philosophy, which I'm sure is always evolving, could you play someone with uh, cerebral palsy that was... Uh, much more severe. Do you think like being in the category means that you like, for example, let's say my left yes. foot. Yes. Like, do you think you that, that my left foot, if someone says, here's a Christy Brown, here's a guy of this incredible life yes. that's worthy of capturing on TV or a film. Sure. Uh, 
would do you think that you you would go you know i think i should be considered for this role or do you think it should go to someone who is literally only capable of really working their left foot to to do most of their tasks Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. I, um, I My immediate is like, well, you know what? <laughs> Let's not get too specific. Of course. Better better you do it than Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. I, I currently, in the year 2023, on March 13th, 2023. Every opinion should be time-stamped on yeah. podcast for now. <laughs> I do think that I... Uh, Yes, I think, and I've seen it happen, and I've watched friends do it, play uh, people who have different manifestations, either different manifestations of the same disability or sort of adjacent disabilities that are not exactly the same thing. Um, Do I think that wheelchair users should be actively considered for parts that are written to be wheelchair users? Yes. Um, Have I played... Chair users, yes, <laughs> um, uh. and I and and what and I do I regret playing that role, that which which hasn't come out yet. Uh, there's a it's a um, it's a mini series that's going to come out. I I think later this year. It's currently titled Retreat, and it is by the the duo that made the OA, Britt Marling and uh-huh. Sal mm-hmm. Bamanglich. So. Uh, he was written to be in a, a motorized chair, but um, you auditioned for this role too, right? Oh God! Shut oh God! Up. No, uh, I didn't. But 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 they were they cast a wider net in terms of disability, and mm-hmm. I got the role. And do I feel um, guilty? No, <laughs> I don't. Of course, yeah. I don't. I don't feel guilty, but. Uh, I because I think that you know better than me than a non-disabled person. Yeah. But I think, and I think it's complicated because I'm also a writer, and I when I have plays that have other people in them that are not my solo work, I want the story to be told the best way possible. Um, that doesn't mean necessarily that. I'm going to blast all of my morals away and start casting people for roles that they shouldn't be playing. But my family is a Lebanese-American family from the Midwest. Uh, And so when I'm casting the role of my mom and my dad, I'm thinking about people who represent my mom and my dad sure not anybody who only is of lebanese descent i i i widen the net because i want somebody who's funny and biting and feels like they've feels like they come from the midwest and uh so that might mean that my mom is played by a person of iranian descent sure or or especially in the theater i think you have to have some some a degree of like well look it's it's casting a, a play if it if it's if it's a twenty four it's like well you can ca- you can be really specific and you can get actors you can have options here to explore but with theater it's like if you get too specific in theater 
for you know a, a lower budget play like there's not going to be that much to choose from and you're then going to have to lessen you know getting exactly what you want feeling wise like there's a degree where we can't come with up with exactly strict hard rules well, across exactly. the and spectrum and that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i don't think we're at the point we're still at the point where like celebrities can are playing disabled sometimes sure and so we need like the rules cannot be so strict so f- yet and I have um, two dear theater friends who are were awarded for their roles off Broadway in a play called Cost of Living, Greg Muscala and Katie Sullivan. And they are not chair users, but they played two chair users in um, Martina Mayoke's play. And they transferred with it to Broadway. And they're brilliant. And their roles that they originated and have done, you know, all the sort of almost all the major professional productions of and nobody to my mind is saying well oh you know they shouldn't be playing those roles but i do think that there are many people who whose primary mobility device is a wheelchair who should be equally considered sure you know, yeah and equally and as often uh, that guy those. from Glee will always it will always be so oh my wild God. to me. You know oh the guy. Oh, I know. I, a chair oh, user. I no. didn't know until like this year. He, and it, it's only because so he could have like one dream sequence yeah. where he gets out of the chair and like does a f- funky choreography. Yeah. But most he's in the chair doing choreo in yes. in the in all the dances. And I just mm-hmm. I feel like I it would be a tough legacy. As the world evolved to be like the thing I'm most known for is is pretending I need to use a wheelchair. And here I am walking to my fan conventions. And maybe even if you had like a big chair user fan base. I don't even know. Let me yeah. say let me say some things. I've said this before. First of all, I'm gonna preempt this by saying I was on a Ryan Murphy television show and I had a wonderful experience with Ryan Murphy Productions and Ryan Murphy himself. He was nothing but kind to me and wonderful. So I'm a kid obsessed with Glee. Obsessed? Uh-huh. Who Did you it? ever watch Glee? Do you know I anything about it? I, I, I think I watched the pilot when it came out, but then I didn't watch anymore. I didn't, and I wasn't, and uh, obviously in the business, I was in high school at Palmer Senior High. And I... Uh, I was in college. Was... Me too. Truly, I I just... <clears throat> I loved it. My family loved it. We went to the stadium tour. You know what I mean? Oh. Was it good? Was the stadium tour good? Sure. It was fantastic. I just saw Leah Michelle and Funny Girl, so I haven't sure seen her yet. I saw Beanie, but I have not seen Leah yet. Not saying that I won't. I, I, I just am in a play right now, so I'm not seeing other plays, including Titanic, yep. which I will be seeing. And then we can be, be buddies. Can Titanic give me a little kickback for this fucking show? I feel like we <laughs> must be getting some people out there. So, okay, here we go. So I obviously was not in the business. So I didn't understand the politics of, like, why it was so bad that he wasn't a, a, a disabled person. I'm just a kid from Ohio who wants to be a star but doesn't understand the very real systemic roadblocks to getting disabled people to become stars. Um, that being one of them, because they could have made a disabled actor a star in the year 2009 uh-huh. when Glee came out. So I really just like enjoyed it, and I thought, oh, wonderful! There's, I, I am being represented. I am a disabled person who's in high school, and there's a disabled person who's in high school, even though he's not a disabled. Da, 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 all of this, 
And then he gets out of the chair in whatever it was, season two or season three, to do that dance uh -huh. sequence. And that is when I freaked the fuck out. <gasps> Wait. Because I was so upset. Because I, and I, you know what? I don't live in a wheelchair. And I don't know. And maybe there are some people who often fantasize about getting up and doing a show-stopping number. But I have dreamed of being on Broadway and being at the center of a kick line for my entire life. And never once in those scenarios was I ever imagining that the walker would go away. Was I ever dreaming that I would be not disabled? I was just dreaming that there would be scores of hunky men who would throw me around the stage and make me feel attractive like, you know, um, any great Broadway diva who never, who didn't want to tap dance and just stood there at the center and smiled. That's who I wanted to be. And I... So the idea that the fantasy would exist, that he, his fantasy would be that he would get out of his chair yeah. was just, that was when it really crossed a line for me Interesting. and became, yeah. it, it, that's when it was hurtful. And then I started to realize that, it, you know, what it means for a non-disabled, for a non-disabled actor to get series regular money on a network show and all the residuals that come with that and all of the everything. Like we're talking literal, like life-changing gobs of money mm -hmm. <laughs> that were then also denied to a disabled person. Yeah. And they yeah. get, because I remember one of the big emotional moments from the end of one of the seasons was uh, uh, Jane Lynch's character buys him you know, a machine that lets him kind of walk. Do you remember this? I do. There and, was some, I, and like I, rem I remember in college, like crying as this like big goes. Burp, 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 burp. And I see those videos even still. They go viral all the time. If people are like, who are like, oh my god, if I just had this kind of chair and these kinds of robotic legs. And again, I am I am an ambulatory person, which means that I am able to walk, and I I can choose my mobility device as I see fit, and so. Who knows truly what that means for someone, but for someone who doesn't have that opportunity. But I know many, many, many chair users would just rather the world be uh, a little more accessible. Would just rather the, the, like there be a ramp and an elevator instead of stairs as opposed to having robotic legs that or a chair that allows them to go up steps. Yeah. Like, because those things cost a bazillion dollars and... <laughs> And yeah. disabled people do not have a bazillion dollars. And like, even if we did, we shouldn't be paying for that. We should be trying to make the world more welcoming. Well, as Wait, I, said, I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. When you, was he in the stadium tour? Did you, and, and if so, did he, was he in a chair for the stadium tour? Like, cause that's what I weird. don't. I don't remember. Okay, cause I was gonna. I was gonna say that that would be very. I don't weird. remember. I, I would bet that he. I'm just gonna guess that he was, but of course, I bet he. I bet he did the dream sequence in the stadium tour. Now, I again, I really had a fabulous time working with Ryan Murphy Productions. Yeah. I want to say that I want them to cast me. I and anything else, I'm yes, just been no, waiting. Yeah. I'm just been waiting to get a call back to Ryan Murphy Productions, um, but. And I will say that Kevin McHale recently said that if there was a Glee reboot, he could not go back to play the role of Artie because it would not be appropriate for him to play yeah. a chair user anymore at this time. But this is what I've got to say. And I think 
It's um, easy to say after the fact. Just I, by the no, way. but I, he, he's a young like. Please, the, if the, I was that age, of course like, I'd take it. I'm yeah. not because saying that got, I'm better because than because this. Because he got the money. He got yeah. the money. He got the money. The other thing, though. Oh God! And and look and look. <laughs> I think I my manager. I'm saying this on a podcast because, and I think it's okay for me to say this on a podcast. I think my manager will be slightly uncomfortable that I'm saying this on a podcast. Jamar Grohl just to so cut out things. Shut the fuck up. Shut no, the fuck I'm up. No, I'm not going to cut it out. No, We're no, not going to cut you, it out you. because I can't believe that it happened. I literally cannot believe that it happened. Um, Ryan Murphy just won, rightly so, a brilliant a humanitarian award at the Golden Globes in January. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, there was a clip package of all of his... Many, many, many brilliant works. And we get to a section in this clip package that seems like the narrator, I can't remember who was narrating it, I think Billy, maybe Billy Porter, uh, was talking about basically diversity and inclusion, right? And there had already been clips from Glee Earlier in the clip package, we're talking of the three-minute video that is shown before Ryan goes up and gives his speech, which was a gorgeous speech and had everybody in tears, including me. I wasn't at the Golden Globes. I'm talking about being in my underwear on my love seat. <laughs> but I'm sitting and watching the Golden Globes, and Billy Porter's voiceover is talking about diversity and inclusion. And we get to the diversity and inclusion sort of segment of the Ryan Murphy clip package, and who appears there? Not... Independent of the glee chunk is Kevin McHale in the wheelchair. Uh-huh. In the diversity and inclusion section. And I was very uh beside myself. The fact that somebody allowed that to go to uh to air having him represent that element not just that it showed glee but that we were talking about the opportunities that ryan has given which he has to me included and many others that's not a good example that's a bad yeah. bad bad example that's like if there was like a a, a a reel of all the diversity in hollywood and it showed a scene from tropic thunder yeah yeah it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. robert downey jr is not an example yeah. of the improvement of diversity yeah. and i and and there were and it, i couldn't believe that 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 representation of the wheelchair was the kind that they thought that we needed and there was the really giant because there were a few clips from the politician in the overall thing. There was the giant, you know, egotistical part of my brain that was like, I was right there. Of course. There were yeah. many. If it's between you and There were and many. There glee. were many shots of me available. Yeah. <laughs> and That's a good point. Yeah. And That's a good point. they chose to show Kevin McHale in the wheelchair when they were discussing diversity, diversity and inclusion. And yeah. inclusion. I wanted to scream and i sent a lot of texts uh-huh and um to you know people and now i'm saying this on a public podcast and i hope that that doesn't mean i don't know if it was i don't know who made that package i don't know uh why the choices were made and i continue 
to have great memories of my experience on The Politician. If there is a season three ever, I would. I want do not to be think you've spoken out of turn no. at all. I think it it's was a good point. Just, it was just utterly shocking. I yes. could not believe, yeah. especially given like him having just said that he wouldn't come back to play the role. Yeah. 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 I literally couldn't believe it. And I, and I also know that I was not the only disabled actor on that specific show. I am not the only disabled actor that, that Ryan Murphy has cast. So I'm like, you could have, and there were several others shown, but the point is Kevin McHale is not a disabled actor. Yes. So you do not get to use him when you are modeling your commitment to diversity and inclusion. You just simply do not. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to talk before we before we go to our final segments about uh, you know when we first met you you were doing I believe you were doing excerpts from the the show that you do that's just you I don't think I actually was I wasn't I'll tell you what I was doing but tell me what you well were. what was that that show remind me it's sing- I was are doing you single my my the primary solo play that I'm known for and have 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 gone to various cities around the country doing is called Hi Are You Single Hi. Are you single? Um, and I love it. And it is still begging for an off-Broadway premiere. So if anybody wants to produce it in New York, I was just named a critic's pick in the New York Times for my current show, Dark Disabled Stories. So I really would love for this, my baby, my very first play, to get its get its due as well. Um, but no, the thing I was doing excerpts of was uh, actually has turned into my first uh, multi-character family play, which is called oh, Good, cool. called Good Time Charlie. Well, and I'd love I think to. I was doing a monologue about my gay uncle and his best friend, which is what you saw. Oh, sure. I'd love to. I I, I kind of just want to. I, I want to. I either from is it high? Are you single or hey? Are you single? Hi. Hi. You're a hi. You're a hi guy. I'm a hello. Oh, you are. You're yes. Hello. You are. Hello. What are you? I think I'm a hi. 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 Well, you hey. know where that the Hi. the the title comes from the fact that I, at the age of twenty one, I was only spending. I was here for a week, doing like performance art at a museum, <laughs> and and uh, and I sat outside the bathroom at the boiler room in the East Village, and on the arm of the chair, and as men came in and out of the bathroom, I just said, "Hi, are you single? Hi, oh. are you single?" As a as a way to try to pick someone up, and it did not work. And now I, it is the name of the show that has launched my career. Did you? Were you optimistic about this? Were you being I picky? Was were there some people? Hi, I was desperate. You did you poop? go? Did you go in with that plan, or did you just kind of find it? No, um, I was in New York for a week, and it was the end of the week, and I just um, was getting a. I wasn't getting a, the attention that I wanted from yeah. from men. So I really like sunk to the lowest level and uh, tried. Yeah, it. right outside the bathroom too. I mean, that is the lowest I level. It. I gotta yeah. tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes. Um, what were you gonna say? Oh, so okay. So the the current show right now, you're in it as well. Yes. You t- you share some stories. I it's I I it's a it's a it's a play of uh, vignettes, autobiographical vignettes about my life, but it is. Uh, I I qualified Good Time Charlie as my first multi-character play, but this is the first professionally produced play of mine that has multiple performers. There are three performers mm-hmm. in the show. Um, 
the show is mostly told from my point of view. It is called Dark Disabled Stories. They are my disabled stories for the most part. But there are two other performers in it, uh, Dickie Hartz and Alejandra Ospina. And they both also share a story from their from their point of view, which I helped them craft and write. Could you could you either either maybe one that was cut from the show, one that you decided not to tell, or one from oh. the show you want to share? I'd love to I'd love to oh, hear yeah, a, yeah, a dark yeah. disabled story if you don't mind. Yes, thank you. Oh wow, you don't have to perform it fully. I'll, no, 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 I won't pretend. perform it fully, and I I don't remember the words anymore because it was cut several years ago. But it it, it used to be in the show, which is that I. Uh, 25 years old, uh, back in Ohio for a visit. I was already living in New York for two years, but 25, still on my parents' health insurance, still I'm 26. So I go to their their new primary care doctor because they're one that I sort of had grown up with, had retired. Mm. So he, and he is like this army dude, bro. Uh, like I, you know, they sometimes call him G.I. Joe. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he no longer is their doctor, um, but he <laughs> had never met me, so I go in, and my mom is in the waiting room, and she's like, do you want me to come in with you? I'm like, no, I'm an adult. Like, I'll go in myself, but thank you, you know, for the health insurance and for paying for my health care, and I go in, and I'm sitting on the the thing, which I don't even know how I got up there. It's always an ordeal whenever I have to go to a doctor and sit on the high thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. That seems... Uh yeah. A place they should have figured it out. But he walks in. Oh, yeah. medical. The medical system and their treatment of disability is like a whole other podcast that is much darker. Um, but in, in this scenario, I'm just waiting. And this guy comes in and he's like, you know, big muscles, tall, v- deep voice, like so hot. Like, oh, my God, I'm so into it. <laughs> and I'm like trying to be a little flirty with, with this doctor who's like... <laughs> Clearly, like, in. practicing in Parma, Ohio, like, very straight. And um, so he goes, um, hi, like, oh, my, it's nice to meet you. I see your parents. Yes, I know. And he, and then he goes, so I see here that you have cerebral palsy. And I'm, like, sitting there. My walker is, like, next to me. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Okay, so, like, what are you doing about your cerebral palsy? (laughs) And I'm like, nothing. Like, I'm not doing anything. I don't. (laughs) It just is. It just is. It just is. It's like, this is, this is, this is my life. Like, it's never going to go away. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what am I doing? He's like, are you seeing a physical therapist? And I go, well, no, you know, because a physical therapist, like in elementary, middle, and high school, they like provided, in public school, they like provided weekly physical therapy. And that was somebody named Lisa Boyd, who I love, who I really like. Clearly from like three years old to 18, 19, you develop this deep relationship with somebody. But as soon as I left that and like started to go to not provided for me physical therapists who I don't know, it became these people who are like, well, what are we here to fix? And what are your goals? And what are your, like, wh- we need to have goals because the insurance isn't going to cover it unless we're trying to make, make something better. Interesting. And 
So I basically was like, I don't want to go to a physical therapist because they're trying to fix me and there's nothing to fix. Like, this is just the way that I move. Okay, well, are you seeing a neurologist? Because cerebral palsy is, he didn't say this, but cerebral palsy is is neurological. It's brain damage, which is also probably why it counted as developmental when I wanted, went for the COVID vaccine. Um, so... Uh, it is brain damage, and it's a. It's not about my arms and my legs. It's about the way that my brain communicates with my arms and my legs. Mm. And so, are you seeing a neurologist? Well, no. Like I saw a neurologist when I was three, and they had just diagnosed cerebral palsy. We have um, a distant relative who's a neurologist who we would go to for our neurology opinions. But like, no, I'm 25, and this is my life, and I'm not seeing a neurologist. Okay, great. Well, if you don't want to see it, you really should be seeing someone. And, um, and, oh, I told this a little backwards and because I wasn't performing, but I went in being like, I'm here for my primary care checkup and I want to be a good, you know, uh, like a good, uh, knowledgeable gay person who is mindful of sexual health. So I'm going <coughs> to ask this person at my primary care checkup for an, a regular HIV test. Yes, which like, sure. Is a thing that you do. Um, but I have not gotten, <coughs> I've not gotten to that point because he's obsessed with my cerebral palsy. So no to neurology, no to physical therapy. And he goes, well, how about, um, excuse me, cut that out, please. I burped on your microphone. Please don't make us cut it out. It will be the biggest <laughs> nightmare of my entire life. <laughs> It was that was me, guys. That was me burping oh, on the God. mic. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I'm I'm sorry. This is slower. This is and this it's, is a first time appointment. I mean, this is yeah, a first yeah. appointment. First time, and I'm fully an adult. I'm like an adult. Yeah. And I'm just going to like find out about my cholesterol and my blood pressure, and make sure that like I'm healthy. And he's obsessed with the fact that I have cerebral palsy. So no physical therapist, no uh, neurologist. How about a physical trainer? Would you be interested in a physical trainer? Oh my god! And I went, um, oh, like sure, like sure, like I, as any human does, have body image issues. And even though I'm a really skinny person, I'm like, you know, I have this like a little bit of belly fat that I'd be like happy to like, like tone up. Like I'd love to develop some abs. I've never had abs before. Like it would be great. A physical trainer sounds great. He goes, perfect. I know somebody who, if you know, if you're ever in Cleveland for a longer period of time, I know somebody um, who specializes in training people with physical disabilities, and uh, and they're one of my buddies from the army. And I went, oh, I'm thinking, oh my god, a, an arm like an army like my the highest peak fantasy that this like army dude is gonna like whip me into shape and turn me into some muscle god and also like help with some balance and stability issues and things like yeah. that thrilled like i'm so turned on i'm like and maybe i can get a threesome with this doctor and the army but it would be your amazing. optimism is astounding wow. my optimism is so high wow. and he goes and he goes and she's really pretty so you're gonna have a really great time oh <laughs> and he says it in a way that's totally a male chauvinist pig, totally like objectifying his friend from the army. Yeah. And like. Now, to be fair, you just told us about a threesome fantasy you had with this army guy, too. 
Sounds like we're sexualizing it. I, no lo- I love that. I love. Thank you for calling me out. Thank you. <laughs> I had to do it. I, we just talked about yeah. a threesome with the doctor and <laughs> no, the no, guy. No, no, no. like, but but the idea Wait. of first of all, I and I'm a kind of person who like assumes that I just exude gayness. I mean, I guess I'm neutral enough that people who just meet me don't know. But or he's so like deeply rooted in Parma, Ohio, that he could not conceive that there would be a, a gay and disabled man in his yeah. office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're time. one or the other. Like, yeah. dear God. <laughs> so it was the idea that he assumed that I would be like turned on by a woman. So I'm sitting there on the thing, and I and literally I'm just like, well, I guess I shouldn't ask him for the HIV test. <laughs> And and that is how the story oh, used to end. So you, <laughs> so you didn't ask for it because no. you were like, I can't. No, I, I didn't. Just, I just thought, well, I'll just go to the. I gotta let him think. I'll that. go back to New York and go to the LGBT center. Yeah. Because he clearly doesn't have any comprehension of who I like. My existence is so like novel to him mm. that I can't ask for what I actually need. And now I go to. You could be like, hey, can I, can I, can I get an HIV test? Because you know it comes from pussies too. Yeah, that and that's true. But it's true. Yeah. But he uh, wouldn't have probably like grasped that. I think if he heard you say the word pussies, however it came out of your mouth, he'd go, "Oh, oh, you're gay." <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm certain that that retelling of that story sold no tickets to <laughs> dark disabled stories at the public theater, um, but it is, uh, you know, and it it was basically just cut because there's another story that's similar to it, and I didn't need to play the same note twice, but it was it was the first time as an adult that I entered a doctor's office alone. I did keep my mom in the waiting room. I have no idea how it would have been different if my mother was in the room, but it has not since been the first time. Like every time I go to a new doctor, it's all of that. And, and what is it that they want? Like in their mind, what is it that they're they're trying to do? Is there like a vast when when they say to you like physical training? What are the goals? Like are there goals to be had? I think you know it's. Some of it is physical maintenance. Like there are physical medicine doctors and you can go to physical therapy and I have a prescription for it that I got back in August of 2022 that I have yet to um, <laughs> to fill because of my own like baggage about all of it. But like I could go to a therapist and be like, hey, I'm not really here to fix anything, but I would love to be able to like push out of a chair a little easier or, you know, I would love to be able to it's just like bodily maintenance because my body is, is going to age and has aged and maintenance is, is different than fixing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never framed that way. It's never just like, we're trying to keep you where you are. It's always about trying to make you better. And the answer is you can't make me better. Do you, have you opened a textbook? Do you know what cerebral palsy is? You cannot. Um, um, so that's just a misconception that they that in their mind they're like, well, I just think that the medical system doesn't know, doesn't certainly doesn't know how to make space for the multifaceted, uh, multi identity, and complex 
health lives of disabled adults because so much you know either you like are born with a disability and you like do everything you can as a child to like be the best disabled version of yourself that you can be and then you get to adulthood and it's like well i guess we we that's that's where you are or you have an accident later in life and you become disabled but actually it's like so much deeper than that um because a lot of people who are lucky enough to live to a certain age are going to become disabled in one way or the other sure and i think in the same way that doctors are not the greatest at um and I'm not saying all doctors, and I know that there are some really great doctors, and that oh, I, I don't know why I'm preempting myself, but the point being, a lot of times old people get written off. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially yeah. if you're an old person with like a. Covid was the greatest proof of that. If you're an old, if you're an old person that's and, and disabled people were written off there too. Younger disabled people were written off and continue to still be. Every time you take off your mask in a public space, you're like basically telling disabled people that you don't care that they exist because there are still disabled people who are remaining inside of their homes because the outside world has moved on and they can't move on. Um, But if an old person is old and they're diagnosed with cancer, I have experience of this in my, you know, family, people throw their hands in the air and they're like, well, you're old. So, and it's, and it's, and then they don't want, to give them any kind of hope or potential to be better. And it's that's really messed up. And the same thing happens with disabled people. But we're not given the opportunity. I'm like, I don't know. I'm really going on a rant here that's very off genre for this podcast and has nothing to do with my play that I'm here to promote. But the point is that, like, I'm a viable sexually active gay man. I should be able to look at any doctor and say... I want uh, an HIV test or I want a prescription for PrEP. Um, I assume that you both know what PrEP is. Yeah. Right. Because we live in New York City. Well, guess what? I had three medical tests in uh, over the sort of winter break because of some of some stuff that I have going on back home in Cleveland because I wanted to be sort of near family for these tests. And every time I went into an office... They would look at my like medication list and go, "What is prep? Mm. What is Truvada? What is Discovy? Not like how many milligrams do you? They would be like, "What is this?" Do and they right after, they, like, they're like, "Did you see the tits on that nurse? Do, I mean, isn't that pretty nice?" Do they not have TV though? I, I, I see ads for all of those. Well, but in New York, I mean, it's yeah. again, we're in I New York. Just, I couldn't believe that they didn't know. Yeah, what it was, and it isn't for those who don't. It is an HIV preventative drug that HIV negative men take so that they can have really wonderful, vibrant, fulfilling relationships with men who are HIV positive and not contract HIV. That's what it's for. Um, And so I'm on it. And many, almost every gay man in New York is on it who is HIV negative. And I guess not as many people are on it in Ohio because every nurse had no idea That's crazy. what it was. Mm-hmm. But you add to that that I'm disabled and they just think I'm some alien. Yeah. Um, 
And, and then like, they'll say like, I want you to do this thing for this part of your body. And they don't realize that I'm, have a disability and what they're telling me to do doesn't work because of the way that I move through the world. Mm -hmm. It's just an, there's this widespread, like we're just forgotten about and we're not seen as healthy individuals. So when we go for our regular checkup, it becomes this exacerbating ordeal. And that's why I think a lot of people become very disabled. People become very attached to doctors who get it and get them. Sure. Yeah. And right now I finally have found in the last year, thank God in New York, a gay man. Like I'm seeing a gay primary care doctor. Did you seek that out? Yes. More than I would, you know, if I were to seek out a disabled doctor, they certainly exist. But like to me, it, what I was getting was this sort of shock that I was wanting to be on top of my sexual health by being by regularly getting HIV tests and being on prep, and I was being told like you don't need that because they couldn't conceive that I was having sex, so I needed to go to someone who was a gay man who understood that I am a gay man who have the same needs that every gay man has and that every man has. And wants and desires, so put me on the pill that you're putting everybody else on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. You found that doctor. Yeah, it's I also did. like yeah. It, I hope he never retires yeah. because I feel like sooner it would be I'd go to a doctor and it could be like I got this trainer for you. The ass in this guy, you're gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, but it is this thing of like it is this thing of like too being like if you're going for these other things and then they're trying to like be like well we're gonna ignore all those things. Here's how you can fix stuff that you're like that's just baseline what yeah. i am as what a I human am. yeah you know, like, I am. like so yeah, yeah yeah that's uh that's very frustrating yeah we got it we, we got to end a, we haven't had a doctor on this podcast i don't think i wait i wait i we don't i didn't i'm just saying we have to end i just would you get a doctor i've been do, watching do, do, do your podcast yeah how wow. many followers does he have <laughs> <laughs> i don't he's not a celebrity doctor but it was very hard to get a new patient appointment and i had to fight for it oh, okay he's very popular that's Ooh. good But I don't know that he's popular like on social media. I just sure, sure, sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, uh, all right, let's go on to our next segment. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Mm. So is there something, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things that got to stop. God. Can I be honest? Well, two, twofold. Sometimes I think, sometimes Russell, I think about getting rid of this segment because yeah. I feel like we kind of do it. Yeah. But then recently I had a video where with Judy Gold, we skipped that this got to stop. One of the comments was, where was the discussion? Where was, no, this yeah. got to stop. That's my favorite part. Okay. <sighs> Well, this we're going to so, do it now. You played so the song, so yeah, it's too late. What's it? This has got to stop. It could be specific. It does. It could. Be, it doesn't have to be anything with with uh, a disability. Mm-hmm. Something in the world. Something in theater. Something in running a show. Something that's got to stop. I, uh, I think I, I think I got one. 
Uh, if you Can want you me to do my go, yeah, prep. let's let's yeah. Let's Russell doesn't have one. I'll go last. I don't uh, have one. Uh, why? Well, because why? That's a good. That's a you good know, point. Uh, uh, here's why. Here's why. John Marco. Usually, we just have the guest do it. Um, unless usually, like we don't then have this conversation every time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me yours, and I'll come okay. up with one. No, it's it's okay. So. It's a little bit of a story. I I, I needed to... I, here's what's got to stop. I book a lot of flights. I book a shitload of flights. And and when you book a round trip, you can't just cancel one leg of the trip. You have to cancel the whole yeah. trip. And I have things coming in, coming out, canceled, mostly canceled. And I have to change things. And so I, I call to see if I can get this one leg of the trip canceled. And, and they ask, they go, why do you need to cancel it? And I'm in a bad mood. I've been waiting with this music for mm -hmm. 15 minutes, which, which we all know the music is a little loop of a little jingle because they want you to hang up because it's yeah. torture. We all know this. And, and I, they go, why do you need to cancel? And I go, my mom died. And, and I'm there with Tov, and Tov gives me a look, like, what are you doing? And, and, I, and you know, he goes, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so I need to cancel the, the second leg of this, this trip, the cancel the trip back. And, and he goes, okay, well, it's really simple. So uh, we just, if you can submit your death certificate for your mother to unite. And I'm like, God damn it. Now I can't get the answer to how to get it because I've caught myself in this lie. So I have to be like, oh my, oh my God, she's breathing again. Okay, she's back. I still would like to reschedule the second part of this trip. Can you tell me what to do? Bottom line is, did not get the leg canceled. I had to just pay for it. But my this has got to stop is we know what you're doing, airlines. We know you could cancel one leg of the trip. We fucking, we know it. We know it. You just are doing this to fuck people. Make it so you can I cancel one leg of the trip without losing the whole trip. Okay. That's why this has got to stop. I agree with that. But my this has got to stop is... People need to stop lying to customer service reps. You can't lie and just pull out your mom died to make this person who's not their job. They're not making any money. They're, 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 it doesn't matter what's the reason. What's the reason? Because I need to cancel but it. But now you're making him feel bad and you're like, do and it doesn't. Please, it's I'm the 10th person that told him that his mom died. I know. Hour. It's a sad existence. I could tell by the way he gave condolences. He was like, I'm so sorry to hear. I, well, so sorry to hear to, about you your mom. You have to disassociate with something. I, I, don't, I don't like the lie. About dying people in in but they're not going to give excuse. it to you any other way. They're monsters. Not him. Not the not the customer service. But Delta Airlines. These are monstrous people. I know. So what what am it's I going to say? I mean, I don't. It's, it's the, the corporations. So I don't know. I think we all need to lie until it gets to a point of unsustainability, and finally, the people at the top it go. Won't, we they'll get do bailed something. out. They'll get bailed out. So you're just giving up? You I put don't your know. head in the sand? I I'm out there know. doing something. I'm saying my mom's died, my dad's died, all my siblings have died. I'm getting into it. I don't I'm making like a it. difference. I don't have a, Okay, I'll, I I know I was supposed to prepare. I will give you one. But I need to tell you about what you just said, which is they also ask for the death certificates when you request a bereavement fair. So like when you're when you're when your mother actually dies. And you need, and you know, if if we were to go on Delta right now and try to book a flight for tomorrow, it would be like a thousand dollars or more. So somebody actually dies, and there is such a thing as a bereavement fair, which is supposed to be discounted. But you need to like prove that the person died, and you need to go through all of these steps just to be able to get on the plane to get to your family. Why would anybody want to go through that effort? Of course. At, at that time. At that time. When all it's like, do I have a suit that is dry clean? Can I pack? Can I get home in the next two hours? Like, 
You just there just needs to be first of all these last minute. I know people are overbooking now, but like there is such a need as a last minute flight, and not everybody has a thousand dollars to drop. Mm-hmm. Of just, course, of course, and so I'm obsessed that they would ask for that rigorous documentation to cancel one leg when they're also asking for it just to get you on a plane for a reasonable amount of money. Sure. I think the problem is people keep lying about their mom dying. Yeah, and so it's your it's your <laughs> yeah, fault. It's your fault. <laughs> I mean, I also have to yeah. say that like I <sighs> in my casual observance of your social media, I feel like um that lie has appeared like in repetition It's too much Like I know You have like, to stop lying. I gotta mix it up To my siblings and cousins You're and a liar <laughs> You're a liar In a very spe- In a very specific realm Listen Okay Let me talk to you about This has got to stop Ready okay. <laughs> This has got to stop Phones going off When I am performing mm-hmm. Live In a 99 seat theater Uh and I'm going to qualify this story with a somewhat of an understanding. Uh, we are doing, we're doing relaxed performances, which means that people can come and go as they need to go. There's no, like, if, you know, and if, if you have a diabetes monitor, if you, if your phone mm. goes off for whatever reason and you need, Something great. Attend to your phone. Do what you need to do. Leave. It's okay. But I'm at the end of a 75-minute play uh, on Saturday afternoon. The empathy that I have is that we had a, a long technical hold before we started. So the show was considerably late because of some technical issues, which means that perhaps this individual who was a much older woman, in, you know, elderly woman, sitting in the front row, um, had an alarm that I assume she thought would be go off after the play had ended. I and see. because of the delay, and because of the delay, it caused the alarm to go off in the middle of my final story, which is... Arguably the darkest story and the most intense story. And it wasn't a phone ringing like the, the call, you know, that will stop in 60 seconds. Yeah. It was yes. An, yes. Alarm. an alarm. Beep, beep, yeah. beep, 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 beep. And my family is very intelligent. Like, and they were in the third or fourth row. But I can't, when we had dinner at lunch afterward, they were like, Ryan, could you hear it? I was like, it's a 99C theater, and this woman was in the front row. Of course I could hear it. They were like, well, we noticed that you got a little louder, like, into the microphone. I just, I kept going. I was like, we had already delayed the start. Yeah. My co-star is a deaf actor. He has no idea what is happening. (sighs) So so I was like, wow. He's like, like, what is Ryan doing? So I was like, I need to keep going so that he's not thrown off. And then I have another co-star who sits sort of just off of the platform. 
I hope I will have the opportunity to talk a little more about this play. Um, but there's three of us there. And um, Dickie is on stage with me, and he's deaf. And Alejandra is sitting off stage. Uh, and she has an iPad, and that is part of her, like, working station. So the woman, when the usher goes up to this woman, who clearly it is her phone, Mm-hmm. Decides to like point to my cast member Alejandra and be like, "It's her. It's coming from her." <laughs> oh my! Oh my god. god! And I'm like, you know, this show is for deaf people and people with hearing loss and for people with all kinds of disabilities. But I think that like. When Dickie's phone goes off, it lights up because Dickie is a deaf man. And that is how Dickie knows his phone is going off. Like this woman just didn't have the directional hearing to know that the phone was in her bag, which was in her lap. And it just kept going. And I'm in the middle of telling this story and I'm trying so hard not to be thrown off. And I thought my parents were going to call the police on this woman. They were, I could see their faces in the fourth row. They were going to die. Do you think she was, do you think she knew and was too embarrassed? Or do you think maybe she's deaf? She, I don't, here's the thing about old people, older people and aging. They don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge that they have, become a part of the disability experience yeah so i'm trying to be empathetic but i tell stories about people in the play who like are older who wouldn't feel camaraderie with me don't think that anything i'm saying relates to them because they're because i'm not the same as them because i'm just an older Yeah. Even though it is clearly happening. She heard a phone. She just didn't know that it was in her lap, in her bag. And we just all kept going. And the ushers kept coming back. They were like, I'm pretty sure it's you. I'm pretty sure it's you. And I'm watching this happen six feet away from me. And words are coming out of my mouth. But I have no idea what's happening. Because I'm watching what's happening in front of me. And knowing that I can't throw Dickie off. I could have said, hold. I could have just said, we already held at the beginning. We're going to hold again because this is too much. And what first hard for me is that I could see that of those 99 people, there were that 50 of them were completely taken out of the play. Of course. Stopped hearing yeah, anything yeah. that I was saying. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Could be emotional. no idea what I was doing. Can't tell you what the bottom line is. Listen. This has got to stop. Like, Turn off your phones. Put your phones on silent when you yeah. enter a space. But listen, here's the bottom line. It's it's we've been saying this forever. We all know the rules. You turn off your phone. It hasn't gotten any better at all. If anything, it's gotten worse. Yeah. The only solution is you have to give them your phone. Because let me tell you, even the comedy it seller, didn't comedy work. seller, but the comedy it seller didn't work for 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 Jesse Williams. I know. I know. Comedy seller, you have to put it in a bag. You seal it up. Guess what? People's alarms go off. Happened to me last night. It's in the fucking bag. They can't turn it off. Yeah. So now they, they like wait too long. Then they have to leave. There's no 
they're, they're, the, the only solution yeah. is that they looked at everyone's phone. People aren't going to want that. I think the only solution is, sorry, you got to put your phone in this box over here. If you have an emergency, we'll, we'll see you over here. We got to make clear. Or it would be funny if they made people put their diabetes thing in a yonder pouch. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know. There's yeah. there or, or a see-through case but so that diabetes- if someone calls you, you can see it. But like there, it's never going to get better. We've been, we've been, we've been begging people this for so long and it is not getting better. I know, and I've had it happen before, but it's usually like it happens for 15 seconds and then it's over. Yeah. yeah. This went on sustained for at least three minutes. That's I'm shocked. I have, we've not, I've not had one phone go off the whole time I've been doing Titanic, or I haven't heard one go off. Yeah, it's hard to hear, you know, over your line delivery. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go on to our last segment. You better count your blessings. You better count your blessings. Russell, give us a blessing. Yeah, I had um, some family come to the shows this weekend, my brother and my sister-in-law, and then a couple cousins and my aunt. And it was, they were all kind of, I got to see them all on the same day and hang out with them. And it was like, I'm not particularly um, like overly close with my cousins and my aunt that came but i had like such a nice time with them and it felt like they were so support it was so nice of them to come and book a hotel and stay and and come see the show and it it just felt like it was a really nice supportive thing that i i was surprised by and was it was a nice i'm thankful for them for for doing that it was kind wonderful that's very nice uh my blessing uh i they added these brunch shows to the comedy cellar Oh. And you do it on a Sunday, and you get free, a really good free breakfast. And I went with Tova one time. And again, I'm just not social. I, I just, like, did the thing where, like, people were sitting at the comics table. Uh-huh. And, like, people were hanging out. And I just sat to the side of my laptop. Yeah. And to, working. And Tova yeah. was, like, and looking at porn. And Tova was, like, uh, you know, you got, get in there. Mm-hmm. Get in there. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I did not take it well. No. I was not, like. That is great advice. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I don't feel anxiety about the thing that I already failed. Uh, so then the next time this past Sunday, I, I got in there, sat down, talked to a bunch of comics. It's not easy for me. It's still a, very, it's a struggle. Something yeah. in me like fights against it. But I feel like yesterday I did ended up doing five spots at the cellar because some people were dropping. And I felt like I really uh, uh, took steps towards just feeling more at home there. Yeah. That's a good, good. It's a good feeling in this very lonely kind of stand up comedy world. Ryan, do you have a a blessing? And then we'll go into plugs. You can talk about your play. I know I'm so desperate. I'm just thinking about how the public theater is going to faint if I don't talk about it. Oh, don't worry. Um, I am. Well, my blessing is uh, related to the play because I also, we just opened uh, to great reviews and I have to thank my all disabled cast, um, Dickie, Alejandra, and my creative team of brilliant collaborators, um, led by my director Jordan Fine, who has been uh, with me on this play for four years and pushed me, especially in the depths of the pandemic when all we had was Zoom, to to make it better, make it stronger, always pushing the script forward and pushing me forward as an actor. And uh, I'm just very aware that like, this is not a one man job. Even if it was a solo show, it wouldn't be a one man job. It is not a solo show, but it is, it is, there's a lot of people that have 
poured themselves into 75 minutes of me <laughs> talking about being horny and me talking about being disabled and my own uh, life experience, which I don't, uh, which I, I'm sure comics have their own teams, but I think that when you go out on the road, it's probably just you yeah. booking with Delta. And I have just be of my mom's spirit. I have scenic designers and costume designers and lighting designers and sound designers. And like all of these amazing artists have just like threw themselves into making this beautiful play. And we got a critics pick and reviews don't matter unless you get a critics pick and then <laughs> it really matters. Yeah. And they run away with it in their marketing. And I'm just really grateful because I hope that it, you know, not only leads to more opportunities for me to tell my stories and do my work, but also is an example for people to, you know, platform disabled artists more and more in theater, in media, in comedy. I just think that we have been devoid of our stories for so long. And often when they're told, they're told without us present. And then sometimes even if we're present, it's not through the right kind of lens. And so just understanding that disabled creators know how to tell their own stories and that this win that me and my team have just experienced, uh, I have hope and gratitude that its reception will open more doors for more people. Beautiful. Now uh, tell our listeners and we'll put it in the show notes as well, all the links. Thank where you. where can they where can they see this? How can they get tickets? All these things. Dark Disabled Stories is produced by the Bushwick Star, which is a wonderful, edgy, uh, f- fantastic incubator of theater in Bushwick, Brooklyn. They are currently in between homes and residential uh, not residential but uh, venue they're between venues and so they have partnered with the public theater which is historic and needs no introduction but that is where hamilton was born that is Mm -hmm. where hair was born and a chorus line and all these musicals and we're not making a musical but it is uh called dark disabled stories and it is a series of autobiographical vignettes about autobiographical vignettes about my my life as a New Yorker with cerebral palsy and the the foibles that happen when truly the entire infrastructure of a city is not built with you in mind mm-hmm. uh, the transportation system is not built with you in mind not at all I and, can't even imagine oh my god and even sometimes and often uh, the hookup apps and dating apps are not built with you in mind either um, what's the best one for that? What? What's the best app for that that pays mind to that? There are none. None. No. Yeah. No. No. Disability is not like thought of on apps at all. Um, but uh, it's it's a horny show. It's a sexy show. It's a transgressive show, uh, and it has two wonderful performers that are performing alongside me, Dickie and Alejandra. And it's a radically accessible, 
production, which means that there is open captions, there is ASL performance, not interpretation, but performance, and also audio description for blind and low vision people at every show. So this is built into the design, this is built into the architecture, this is built into the script, which means that if you are blind or low vision or deaf or hard of hearing, you can come at any time and see the show and not have to wait for the one performance in a run mm. that is catered to you specifically. And we also have uh, expanded wheelchair seating and mobility seating in the in the front row. So now, when that phone went off, did the the people interpreting not interpreting but performing did they let let the deaf no, people no, know no, like no. there's a disaster? No, 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 no. Up here so in when the I say row. that's why I wanted that's why I qualified it. Um, Dicky is Dicky, and this is this is great for me to explain. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I'm playing Ryan in this play in which. It's about Ryan's stories. Dickie is also playing Ryan. So Dickie, who is deaf, is telling my stories in first person. Ah, very cool. Up until the point in which Dickie becomes Dickie and tells Dickie's story. Alejandra is Alejandra the whole time, tells her own story in the middle of the piece, and is audio describing for everyone. So the access is built into the performance. I see. Which also means that, like, yes, there is a... We are our our assistant stage manager. One of our assistant stage managers is fluent in ASL, and that was purposefully done so that there could be communication on the deck in case of an emergency if something were to happen. But I really do think that when the alarm went off, no one felt it was an emergency enough to stop, including me. Uh huh. I would have been the one to have made the choice to stop it. Sure. In which case, there would have been somebody. Somebody would have come out and informed Dickie that this was happening. But Dickie was in the middle of his performance in which we are in very uh, sort of lockstep in terms of timing. You know, he'll sign something as I say it and stuff like that. So that's also why I was really conscious of not wanting to throw him of off. Of course, I think mm -hmm. I feel like the yeah. deaf people, they go like, that show was fantastic. And, and the people, friends of those who are not deaf were like, are you serious? That was a, there was an alarm. Was a disaster. Yeah. 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 They really have a fully different experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's interesting where you're like, well, some for some people, the show is, is it fine. It was amazing. Yeah. Nothing happened. Oh, Nothing that's went wrong. Very, that's, yeah. um, but come and see us. Dark Disabled Stories. You can yes. get tickets at publictheater.org slash DDS, that's capital DDS, publictheater.org slash DDS. And it plays until when? Currently running through April 2nd. We just got our first week extension, and nice. there's more room to extend if if ticket sales are strong. Excellent. Great. Uh, what do you want to plug? To the camera. Look at the camera. <clears throat> um, follow me on Instagram, at Russell J. Daniels, and come see Titanic at the Dale Roth Theater, uh, Tuesday through Sundays. Uh, and for me, listen, listen, this Saturday. Oh, my God. We are in oh, yes. Houston. Houston, we're coming for you. Def Tolev, please, please come. I've made a whole video promo. That's how desperate I am. Yes. Russell is flying, flying far. Far. Not short. Not to Connecticut. No. Not to Pennsylvania. This is, we're going to Houston. Uh, uh, and then and then we're we're really excited. We're flying back incredibly early to record yes. a, an episode with Caleb here on uh, return yes. guest Caleb here. We're very excited for that. So uh, what I was going to say is uh, go to Houston uh, weekend after that. I'm going to be headlining in Louisville at Planet of the Tapes, 
And then April 11th in Portland, Helium Comedy Club. It's a Tuesday night. So I need all the help I can get. Tell your friends in Portland, Helium. Uh, links in the show notes. And, uh, you know, go go see go see uh, uh, Dark Disabled Stories. Go see Titanic because we all know that theater is dying. dying. This uh, is the downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With John Marco Cerezi.